You can do anything you want in this lifetime. Give yourself permission to unapologetically be the main character and create an extraordinary life full of joy, adventure, and purpose. Because this is what you truly deserve. With love, Susie. Hey, High Achiever, I'm Susie, your podcast host and founder of the Female Leadership Collective. At the Collective, we celebrate women breaking free from the path that society created for them and using their gifts towards making a huge impact in the world and carving their own freedom-based lives. In each episode on this show, I'll be interviewing women who, like me, ditched their impressive careers at some of the world's most powerful companies and boldly stepped out to create their own brands, businesses, cultures, and teams. Hear from women who are at the cutting edge of redefining what it means to be a successful female leader in business. You'll learn how they did it and actionable takeaways on how you can implement their strategies to own your vision, courageously go after it and flourish in your life and business. I left my career at the world's largest investment bank over five years ago, moved to tropical paradise and built my own online business. It wasn't easy, but wow, was it worth it. Now I mentor other female leaders to launch and scale their own online businesses and step into their true paths of freedom. So today I have Rebecca Peterson on and Rebecca is a branding expert and she uh, comes from the corporate world as well so we dive into that. This conversation is so interesting because I loved the way that Rebecca spoke about branding. So branding we often think about what comes to mind is colors, logos, fonts, and things like this. And if you're someone that suffers from decision fatigue with these kind of things and wants to change your mind all the time, this is the episode for you because Rebecca explains that actually branding needs to start with your story. It needs to start with the values you stand for. It needs to start with the problem that you're solving. It's similar in the way of sales and how I help clients with this. What is the transformation you're creating? What what is the gap that your clients are at that they want to get to? And the brand needs to speak to that. It needs to feel like an experience where I, as the consumer, feels confident that I am going to get from A to B. And then on top of that, it whatever answers you come up there dictates what font, what color, what kind of logo and the feels of the, those things. It doesn't start with those things at the core. So this is so, so interesting. And this is why I get my clients in Launch Academy, for example, to write out their story at the start, because you already know your brand, even if it's not conscious, your brand is within you, especially as a personal brand. And it's based on all the things you've achieved so much, all the thi- all the transformations you've had personally, that you've gone through. These are the things that should be going into your brand. So I'm so, so excited to bring you this conversation. And Rebecca is super knowledgeable. So you're going to learn so many practical tips. Welcome, Rebecca. I am so excited to have you on the show. And we were just chatting offline, but it's really exciting because we don't actually know each other that well. So I'm really excited to get to know you a bit more because in this day and age, it's so common to have these kind of online friendships now. So I'm really Mm -hmm. excited to delve into your background, but welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. Yes, we met in a Facebook group and I feel like I've just been slowly consuming more and more of your content. You know, when you find (laughs) that you just jive with and you're like every single thing they say you're like I love that I love that I love that that's how I've been feeling 
Oh, that's so nice. Thank you so much for saying that. I really, really, I received that. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm so excited to dive into your story and all your expertise around branding and all things, Rebecca. So first of all, I'll just hand it over to you. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit more about who you are and what you do? And then after that, we can delve more into your story. Absolutely. So I started out, I've always loved anything creative, anything design related. And, um, but I also have always had this organizational streak Mm -hmm. in me where I wanted things to be pretty, but I wanted them to be functional. And I remember feeling kind of conflicted between those two things and not exactly sure how that was going to work. So I pursued advertising in college and the path was to work for an advertising agency or an in-house, you know, design department. And I did a lot of that. I I did several agencies um, and then decided that I really wanted to work in-house. I really kind of liked diving into one client or one brand at a time. And so I did that for several years and um, I wound up, this is going to sound crazy, but I wound up as the marketing director, creative person of a very high-end dental lab. Oh, wow. (laughs) I didn't even know that dental labs needed marketing, but they do. And that's what I ended up in. And it wasn't my passion by any means, um, but it was a great job. I liked the people that I worked with and I liked, you know, kind of the stuff that I was doing. And it was actually working there that I decided, you know, more than just marketing, I love the creative aspect and the aesthetic and the experience Mm. of selling a brand, selling a product and really building a community around it. So at that point I was like, okay, I don't want to work for a dental lab. And I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I made this big list of what I wanted in a job, including the salary that I wanted, the kind of work that I wanted. Um, at the time, everybody that I worked with was male. And I was like, I really want to work with women that would really, um, fill me up creatively. And so, you know, I made all these things and I had this feeling that, um, I wanted to do something feminine. I remember that was important. I didn't know what that meant, you know? Yeah. Um, I ended up finding another in-house job for a nonprofit foundation that helps women survivors of sexual abuse. Oh, wow. Amazing. Their brand was so beautiful. I mean, at the time it was a little off. I had to, you know, elevate it, but yeah their brand was just all about femininity and the power of being a woman and kind of reclaiming your power. And, um, so I worked there for several years and I was really, really happy with that job. I wanted to do that forever, Mm. but I had a baby and I was doing the work full time, have a baby in daycare. My husband was in school and then he got a job out of state and we decided that the best thing was going to be was going to move. The best thing for us was to move. Yeah. And um, so we moved and I was like, I'm going to find a new job. And then I was pregnant again. And I, w- I kind of came to this crossroads, right? I think this happens to a lot of people where like you have a moment, you know, yes. and there's just like a moment where you're like, this is not going to work. This is not what I want. I've got to figure out something else. So I, I talked to this, um, foundation that I loved so dearly. I still love them, but they were like, we're not set up for remote work. You're going to be on your own, find a job. And the more I thought about it, the more, you know, we moved and I was getting more pregnant and I had a baby and I guess he was a little bit older at the time, but I was just like, I don't want to, I don't want a real job. Like I, I actually want to do my own thing. 
on my own time. And (laughs) this is so silly, but I was really motivated by the idea of I can take a nap in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I wanted. I wanted the ability to take a nap when I was tired, which is at like 3 PM. That's just when that slump hits. And I just want a little nap. It's kind of uh, ridiculous that that is a luxury. Right. How is that a luxury? (laughs) Everybody, but that was so motivating to me. So I was like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to try doing my own thing. So my experience of that had at that point had been, you know, websites and branding, but it was all in-house. And I had a bunch of people who had always asked me like, Hey, can you design a logo for my business? Can you help me create posters for this thing that I'm working on? And, um, I had no idea what I was doing. I really, I, I knew that I was a good designer and I knew that I was good with people and communicating projects and that kind of thing. But I had no clue about building a business, marketing myself, pricing, any of those things that come with it. It was so unknown, but I just jumped in with both feet. And, um, I remember making these posts on Instagram that were like now offering graphic design services. And I was just, I felt like I was just shouting on the top of the mountain, like anybody, anybody need help? Anybody need me? And, um, you know, from there I've learned so much, but that was really kind of the point of decision for me, um, partially out of necessity because I didn't feel like there was a job that fit my needs. And also because I had this tiny belief somewhere Mm -hmm. in me that I didn't have to get a real job to get what I needed. Yeah, amazing. So empowering. So I want to just ask on the piece that you mentioned around when there's a shift and Mm -hmm. lots of women hit that shift. And Mm -hmm. I think the timing, you were pregnant at that time, right? Or you had just, yeah, you you were pregnant. I had one kid. He was like almost two and I was pregnant with myself. So what, if you could narrow it down for to be a specific driver or reason behind that sudden shift in the sense of like, I actually don't want a normal job. What would you say it was? Mm -hmm. For me, it was the time flexibility. I know that's something really common to people. Um, I had felt for a while, like the, the notion of this eight to five or nine to five schedule doesn't really make sense. Mm. Um, It makes sense for me on an energy level. It definitely doesn't make sense from a parenting point of view. And I remember even thinking if I could work from, you know, 8 PM to midnight, I would do that because that is, I feel creative. That's when I get ideas. That's when I have time and space to work. And so I would say it was that idea of, I could have a flexible schedule, both like day-to-day flexibility and also long-term flexibility of, I could have a baby and take time off and it wouldn't ruin my job or ruin my career. So I wanted, I wanted both of that. I wanted the daily nap and I wanted the future sabbatical type options. Yeah, I love that. And I just think more and more with, well, it's been helped with the, with the internet, right. And us being Mm -hmm. able to work remotely from all over the world, but really we're working with people all over the world in different. So working at the same time isn't really necessary. And this is not an anti-feminist thing to say, but at the end of the day, way back when, it was men that created the corporate schedule, right? Mm-hmm. And women just looked after the children. Whereas yeah. now, everybody, hopefully everybody, is mm-hmm. looking after the children and women right. can work. So it's kind mm-hmm. of like, well, 
that schedule, how's that going to work? If you're also looking after the children, it's not optimal. It doesn't make sense. So <laughs> I love that you kind of just mentioned that because it is actually so obvious, but we're so mm -hmm. conditioned to do the thing we've always done. <laughs> mm -hmm. yes. So it's, it's wild, really, that it's wild, really, that we're having this conversation in a way because it, is. it should be a natural thing. Well, and yeah, it's it's equal parts miraculous and totally ordinary. Like, of yeah. course, we should be able to do this. I was even talking about the idea that we have a school schedule here in the States where June, July and August, your kids typically aren't in school. Mm. And um, <laughs> Right on cue. <laughs> I love that. That stems from a time where we had crops. And we needed children home to help right. us harvest crops, but most of us aren't in agriculture anymore, and that's really not necessary. But we've kept that schedule, and you know, yeah. In some ways, I'm like, let's abandon it. I need childcare during the summer. In other ways, I'm like, I want to take my summers off too. So yeah. I see the cons, but I think it's good to recognize that we don't have to do things a specific way. A lot of those systems evolved from things that we don't need anymore. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm I'm so glad you kind of recognized that and you were brave enough to get the courage to take the step because it can be a scary thing to do, especially when you have grown up in this kind of condition world of like, oh, this is actually how you do it, right? This is how you make money and this yeah. is how you work. And to go against that all on your own can be really daunting to the to the extent that most people won't do it. Yes. Well, and for me, it was scary. It was a little scary from a financial standpoint, right? Because I had gone from, ooh, I'd gone from contributing to our family's finances to maybe not, yeah. but even scarier than that was the putting myself out there. Mm. And I think people who haven't done it don't realize how terrifying it is to hold your phone up and say, hi guys, here's who I am. Here's what I'm about. I, I believe that I have something worth sharing and I'm going to share it. That is so hard to do. And that's really where this idea of branding came in for me because I was like, who am I? How do yeah. I share who I am online? Yes, what does that look like? Amazing. So how, so yeah, I would love to speak on this point. Like, how did you get, what do you think it was that got, that enabled you to get the confidence to show up and do that? Because I think that's a lot, that is what a lot of the audience will be struggling with. So if there's any kind of, Anything that shifted it for you, I think that would be amazing to share. Yes, I have two things that really helped me. And the first is kind of this idea that we have that you have to have success in order to be confident, right? Like once I get a paying client, then I'll show up confidently online. And it's actually the opposite. Yeah. You start showing up confidently online, then you sign clients. And it kind of creates, I draw it like an infinity symbol because they influence one another. And so if you can have the faith to show up with confidence, to put yourself out there as imperfect as it may be, the success will flow. Yeah. So that's, that's my first tip is, is you take the first step. You go first, you show people that you're not afraid to do this, even if deep down you're terrified. Yeah. Other thing that really helped me is to generate some of that quick success. So I did something that 
worked for me and I think it can work for other people. I don't think it has to be this way. I created a very, very low ticket offer that I Mm -hmm. knew I could sell easily. I knew that the value I was offering was 20 times the price that I was charging. If you followed me for a long time, you probably remember when I started selling website glow ups and they were $250. (laughs) I still can't even believe that I charged so little, but I sold so many of those and seeing that people were willing to spend money on my skills and invest in me and seeing that I actually had the ability to transform their business with my skills. Again, it created that flow of the confidence and the success. And then I had the challenge of like, okay, how do I take it to the next step? And how do I show people that I'm not just a $250 designer, but that I'm a world-class designer, which is where I, where I wanted to be and where I want to be now. Yes, um, I love that. And that's what my brand is built on now is I, I can't imagine anyone paying me $250 yeah. for a website. Um, because I understand that the way that I show up and the way that I talk and present myself creates a certain image and reputation. And people assume that you will either be cheap or expensive or somewhere in the middle. I love that. That is absolute gold that you just shared. Thanks for sharing that because that can be a bit of a vulnerable share. And this is exactly the stance that I take as well. I think there's this big narrative in the industry around charge your worth and all of this. Mm -hmm. Firstly, it's hard to know what even your worth is because it's kind of an infinite number. But secondly, at the same time, like I take the stance that when you're starting out and you have nothing, you just mm-hmm. want something. You just mm-hmm. want to get something. And if you're kind yes. of riddled by fear, which so often is the case at that point, mm-hmm. the only way to rewire your nervous system around that is to actually teach it that mm-hmm. what you believe, like no one's going to buy from me, is not actually true. So yes. if if offering a price that you feel like comfortable-ish about that mm-hmm. you can show up and get behind even if you know it's way under what you should right. be worth to get right. a few sales in the door to rewire yeah. your nervous system and go people do pay yes screw it like absolutely fine yes. like do it and then you'll get to the higher numbers much faster I think than if you sort of sit there and listen to the people that are like charge your worth and you charge a price mm-hmm. that you don't feel good about and mm-hmm. it doesn't magnetize people it sells because then your nervous system's going to go oh people don't want to buy from me this is impossible so I totally agree with your strategy I really really thanks for mentioning that yeah it has it's really helped me and every time that I have raised my prices which I still do and I still get scared to do yeah even after doing it hundreds of times I don't do it by big jumps I do it by small steps because that's what feels good to me and you know you we all get to decide what feels good to us and what feels right in our business, but it doesn't have to be this, I'm going to charge a hundred thousand dollars and I'm going to turn away everybody until I hit that goal because you can do that. Um, but I really think that that confidence success continuum has to move. And so you have to keep moving things. And one of the ways that you can do that is selling smaller things. Yeah, I love that. And because also the risk of charging like a a high price, right? Mm -hmm. Especially as a first time entrepreneur is being like, oh my God, I need to over deliver like a crazy person for this price. And like you end up completely burning yourself out and then you don't really learn anything from how to deliver again. So yeah, I love, I love that. Um, Yes. 
So I would love to shift the conversation onto a little bit more about the branding piece. So you yeah. obviously got so much knowledge and wisdom around this. So let's just start at the beginning, really basic, because there might be some people listening who are kind of like marketing, sales, branding, mm-hmm. content, like what is branding in the realm of all of these things? Yes, I think it's a super tricky thing, understandably, because these terms are so ubiquitous. Everything means the same thing and people love to use different words to mean different things. Yeah. So the way that I like to think of branding is just your reputation. And branding is basically the art and science of creating the reputation that you want to have in your business. So rather than just letting people think or say whatever they're going to think and say, you can control the narrative a little bit by saying, how do I want to be perceived? What do I want people to know about me? And what can I say? And how do I look? And what do things, um, you know, how do things feel to my ideal client to create that perception that I want? So I think branding touches everything. Um, but I think branding and marketing are kind of like sisters. You can't have good branding without good marketing and good marketing is really useless without branding. Yes. Amazing. I love this. So is that, do you think that's a good explanation? Yeah. I think that's a great explanation. When most people think about branding, they're thinking just visual. Yes. Uh, you know, like here's my logo, here's logo. my color, print, maybe like a photo shoot. And when I'm thinking about branding, I'm thinking very holistically. So, you know, it would be really weird if you had a photo shoot where you're wearing like an evening gown, but then all of your language is like super casual, right? Mm -hmm. You would want everything to be in sync so that it's all working together to create the reputation that you want. Yeah. Amazing. So I think a really great way to make this really practical for people to really understand is maybe just walk, walk everyone through what would happen if you took on a new client who wanted like your help. Let's talk about maybe a more early stage entrepreneur who hasn't Mm -hmm. really done much branding yet. And it's all a bit messy, but great, great mission, great like business, so much potential. What would you do to improve their brand? What kind of things would you work on? Yeah. So there's two things that I would really focus on. And this is true, especially if you're in the newer stage of your business, we want to start with who you are, what your values are, even what your personality is, because that is what makes your business so unique. And then we also really focus on who your ideal clients are and not just like the, oh, well, they're women ages 20 to 35 and they're working in a corporate job, making $60,000 a year, like that, like that's all great. But really what we want is like, what's bothering them about their Mm -hmm. life as it relates to the product or program or service that you are selling. And one thing that I think people really get wrong when they're thinking about their ideal client is they don't think about somebody who has the money to buy what they're selling. Just a quick pause, as I would like you to imagine if you could build a business that allowed you to quit your corporate job, a business where the mission gave you purpose, passion and fulfillment every single day. 
where the business model is structured intentionally so that you have the freedom to work from anywhere in places like Bali and travel the world whilst earning an unlimited income. You're in luck because applications are open for my 12-week signature business accelerator program, Launch Academy. It's designed to help you launch your own online business and it's the course I wished I had when I left corporate. We'll be covering things like your why, getting to know your values, so that the foundations of your business idea are actually able to light you up in life. We'll be going into things like confidence, sales mindset, money mindset, building resilience as an entrepreneur, stepping into that new identity, which really is a complete flip of the one that we have in corporate. We'll also be diving into business models, growing your audience, launch strategy, and so much more so that you'll be able to launch your business by the end of our 90 days together. It's a group container, so you'll be with a group of other high-achieving women all doing the same thing, all ready to support you and cheer you on and even collaborate. So if you dream of starting an online business and quitting your nine-to-five, if you've been inspired by the podcast and you know deep down that you are meant for more, but you're feeling overwhelmed and you don't know where to start, you're struggling with confidence and you're just scared of jumping out of your comfort zone and your corporate identity. Perhaps you have a bit of imposter syndrome and you're just thinking things like, am I wired to be an entrepreneur? I'm here to tell you that yes, you are. I thought all of these things too. And I will support and guide you from concept right the way through to launch along with the other women in Launch Academy. So to apply, tap the link in the show notes and fill out the application form. I personally review every single one and I will respond within 48 hours with the outcome. It's application because I am very protective of the energy inside the container. So if you're accepted, the next step is to make the investment through my secure payment link and your spot is saved to start next month with an incredible group of other female entrepreneurs. Make sure you get your applications in quickly as applications will be closing very soon. So if you want to launch your online business with us in 90 days, tap the application link in the show notes back to the episode. So we spend a lot of time trying to create a brand or marketing to broke people. Yeah. (laughs) And as much as we want to help them, you have to market to people who can actually afford what you're selling. And so you want to think about what you're offering and think, who is the person who can buy this right now? What's bothering them? What's keeping them up at night? And then I also like to turn that on its head and say, what's their greatest desire? What's the thing that they could only dream of, right? Mm. And we take that and we turn that into your brand. Amazing. So it is really, uh, what what I think I'm hearing you saying is it's it's kind of very intangible things. I mean, there's some tangible things that we'll go on to, mm-hmm. but the core of it is some intangible things, which is literally kind of like the the feel of mm-hmm. the space that the business owner is holding essentially yes yes yeah, what does it feel like inside and I guess we can draw like differences between like walking into a Chanel store versus mm-hmm. walking into like I don't know why Walmart's coming to my mind because I'm not <laughs> even American and I've never been in a Walmart <laughs> you know what I mean the, the feel of walking into those two different places are completely different because mm-hmm. of the brand that they have created mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Well, and I really hope that my clients can do a couple things, but the number one thing is I want them to be able to say clearly to themselves and to their audience, my brand is all about X. 
mm-hmm. and have clear, concise definition. And I find that if we can do that, there's usually the perfect words for that. Mm. If we can find those or create those that allows them to take their business to the next level, because they're no longer struggling to explain like, well, I help other coaches grow their business through copywriting. Like they have the words to say, I give coaches the right words to grow their own business through Mm. organic, whatever it is, you know? Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of like the word part of it. And it's so interesting because I don't know if you ever think of things this way, but like, I think that things have to be created in our minds before we can create them in our worlds. Yeah. 100%. I think that a lot of things have to be created verbally before they can be created visually. So I always start with the word part, you know, how do we say this? How do we describe who your ideal client is? before we actually start talking about like, okay, so what does that look like Yeah, for your brand, right? Yeah, I actually really love this. And I think this might be where I've gone wrong a little bit sometimes is that I'll start with what color, what's the color mm-hmm. or what does it look like? And if you haven't really defined the core mm-hmm. value or the core feel, you how mm-hmm. are you supposed to know what color it would yes. be or what yes. logo is correct? And I think that's where perhaps a lot of people get into this like analysis paralysis around making decisions about branding because they haven't actually done the the core work to start with of what you're talking about as in like what is the feel what is the story mm-hmm. what do you want to be about mm-hmm. so yeah I really love that would you yeah agree? I, yeah I often ask my clients you know oftentimes they'll have a brand and so I'll say tell me about the brand that you have and the logo and the colors and I'll say like why did you choose these colors and they'll say like those were my favorite colors at the time, you know, and, and I've done that too. And the reason that I really started doing this strategy first approach, this word first approach is because I felt like my clients wanted to change their brand every six months Mm. after I just made them something so beautiful. And they'd be like, I don't know. It's just not like, it's not me anymore. Why does that happen? Because that is definitely a thing. It's definitely a thing. And there's, there's two reasons for that really. One is that you didn't build a brand based on strategy. You just built it on your preferences, right? And your Mm -hmm. preferences change all the time Mm -hmm. and trends change all the time. Right. And so it's really see like, oh, somebody else is using this font for their brand. So I'm going to use that font for my brand. Right. So I think that's the main reason. And that's what I saw with my clients, which is why the strategy part of my process is not optional. Like you have to go through that with me because you won't be happy with the brand that I create for you. Um, but the other thing that happens is that you pivot, you shift. Maybe a year ago, you really wanted to work with mompreneurs and you really wanted to focus on the fact that they're moms, but now you've shifted your business and you want to work with the laptop lifestyle, travel the world entrepreneurs. And you're like, what I had before doesn't fit that vibe. And so I try to tell people don't beat yourself up too much because it's natural that as your business evolves, your brand may need to evolve, but the more strategic you are, for example, none of my clients have changed their brands in the last few years, besides Mm -hmm. maybe update here or there as they've expanded their audience, because it is so thoughtful and you're able to say like, yes, this brand represents me and it captures my personality and what I hope for my business, but also relates to my target audience and kind of brings that together. 
So if you're, if you're, don't, don't, don't hate yourself, but do take the time to do your brand right. And I think it will make a big difference. Yeah. And I think also a big part of this is brand recognition. That's, that's the value to, you know, the, your income, right. So changing <laughs> it all the time, you really lose that sense of brand recognition because, mm-hmm. and obviously like the Holy grail of branding is something like a McDonald's, right? They, how often right. they change their logo, their, their right. branding, like not at all. And they're one of the most successful companies. So yeah actually it is super important to be really consistent in branding right yes yeah and and it affects not only your visual recognition but it affects the trust that your ideal clients have with you because if they perceive that you are not sure about your business you're not confident in what you're doing they're not going to be confident in investing with you and so you want to make sure that if you do make changes in your brand or in your business, that you're communicating those very carefully and doing them strategically. Mm. Let me just say, I think the Twitter rebrand is a perfect example of what not to do. Yeah. <laughs> it's so just, I decided I don't want to have Twitter anymore. One of the most recognized brands in the world. And apparently like they had a design contest and have a new logo and and I just think that's not a recipe for long-term business success. Yeah, you know what is a really interesting case study that we I, I, we probably don't have enough prep to talk on it, but the Barbie case study, right? They yes. are everywhere. Like, and, oh, my and they're word. They're trending everywhere, the, but the branding mm-hmm. is so consistent to how it was in the past. Mm-hmm. However, they've managed to kind of sort of make it accepted in this day and age it's such an Mm -hmm. interesting one I wonder if you've got any thoughts on that it's fascinating I was just going to say I looked at the number of rebrands quote unquote that Barbie has done over the years and it's about every 40 years Mm. they will update their logo so I was going to say if you've had the same logo for 40 years that's a good metric you can yeah Um, but Barbie has a couple things going for them one is that pink color that Barbie pink yeah be more recognizable like it's just it's so bold you know exactly when you see all pink everything right like it's not like oh it's mostly white with a little splash of pink it's like no when your whole house is pink that's a Barbie house yeah so they have that aspect and they have the actual dolls which are so recognizable they've got this unique shape that's not it's not exactly normal human proportions right definitely not Um, like the big eyes and the makeup and the blonde hair and so together using those two things over and over and over and over again and they do other little things like the barbie song and the hi barbie hi barbie that's everywhere i think all of that combined over years and years and years of advertising makes it so recognizable yeah, I was just kind of fascinated how many people were going to like the cinemas, uh, like dressed in Barbie yes. outfits and like going mad for it. That just shows the power of a brand. And even even in today's world of like a very feminist narrative and that kind of thing, people, for some reason, how was it? I know that the film, I haven't actually seen it, but I'm, I'm sp- supposed to the film is very good for Like I've heard like very people who are quite feminist coming back and like loving it. So I think it's probably very modern day, but Mm -hmm. I'm just like, wow, how they've managed to still have like a 
positive brand association with something that's so kind of backwards in 2023 right um is amazing to me and I wonder if that's a lot to do with branding solid branding I think it's a lot to do with branding and I do think that it's a lot to do with I mean they must be paying so many millions of dollars for all of the marketing and PR that they have for this movie um but one thing that I really like about their brand in response to like the feminist thing is I feel like Barbie does a good job of really owning their place in the world Mm. they're like yep we're all about shoes clothes makeup fashion and hot pink and that's us and we're not apologizing for it Mm. and I think we could all do a little bit more of that with our brands I think we get kind of wishy-washy because we don't want to be like I'm the expensive brand designer but I also love to serve anyone who has any kind of project or like I am the leader for coaches who want to grow a therapy business or whatever it is, but like we, we tend to kind of hide it. And I think if we can all stay really strong to our values and to like the image that we're creating, I think that would work better for us. Yeah. That becomes a way more magnetic for someone that's looking for exactly that. So what then Mm -hmm. materializes is your dream clients walking through the door. So yeah, I totally agree. Um, amazing went on a little Barbie tangent there but that was fun (laughs) Um, so when what kind of questions so like let's say someone is going to um, potentially work with you what obviously they need to do some work as a founder to really get clear Mm -hmm. on things what kind of questions Mm -hmm. can people ask themselves to get a bit more clear on um, what kind of brand they want to create Yeah. I think there's kind of a misconception that you should have a certain level of business in order to be ready for a brand. And I even know designers who will say, I don't work with anyone whose business isn't at least a year or two years old. And I don't have rules like that because I think sometimes, you know, when Mm -hmm. you're in it, you know, and, and a lot of the clients I've worked with have just started their business but they're committed to it and they've made that powerful decision to move forward. So what I've found is there's kind of this trifecta of things that make you like the perfect candidate to get good results from branding. And the first thing is that you have a clear deliverable or specific outcome that you can promise your clients. So if you are a general life coach, for example, um, which is wonderful, But if you don't have a clear deliverable, like a clear program that you want to sell or a specific outcome that you want to promise, I would work on that and ask yourself really what it is that you want to help people with before Mm -hmm. investing in your brand. Um, And then the other thing is who you want to work with. And you don't have to have your ideal client perfectly figured out. Um, A lot of branding is figuring out, okay, based on your values and your personality and how you approach things, who is the person who's going to get the best results in your business? Um, But it is something that you should consider, right? And one thing that I really want to help my clients do in their brands is I want to help them be able to make better promises and deliver on those. So the example that I use sometimes is, um, you know, a, a relationship coach who says like, I can help you improve your relationship. And that's fine, but I think even better would be to say, I can save your marriage. Yeah, specific. And and those specific big promises will help you be so much more successful. And I think branding helps you not just know how to say it, but know how to actually 
create that value for your clients. Yeah. So you're not just tiptoeing around what you're doing, but you can like, you know, with Barbie boldly declare, like, this is what I'm about. This is what I do. This is who I do for. Um, Yeah. I love it. And just making it really clear. Like this is the gap. This is, I take you mm -hmm. from A to B. Yes. (laughs) It's just really clear. Like what that is. I think it's just so, so important. Um, Yeah. Amazing. I was going to add one other thing. Um, I think it's really helpful to have an idea of how you want to be perceived. So my job is to elevate your brand, but that doesn't always mean that I'm making all of my clients into luxury brands. Um, sometimes that means I really want to speak to the struggling entrepreneur who is trying to leave their job and start this side hustle at the same time. And they're overwhelmed. They don't have a ton of cash. Okay. We want to position you perfectly to appeal to that audience. Um, but sometimes it's, I want to work with established business owners who have 10 grand to spend on a package. And how do I show them that I'm the coach for them? So I think if you have an idea of that, you know, I want to be really affordable. I want to be really luxury. I want to be the smart option or the high value option. Something along those lines, I think will really help you in building a brand that works for you. If we get down the road and you're like, oh shoot, I have a brand that positions me as the affordable option, but I really want to be the luxury option. Yeah. Um, to require kind of a step back. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's super interesting. I think that that, yeah I love that there's so many kind of layers to this and that's so practical advice thank you so something I think that we both have in common is that we help a lot of people with who are building more personal brand-based businesses Mm -hmm. not like not you know solely that but on the whole and I often get my clients especially the ones who are at the start like starting Mm -hmm. brand new businesses to write out their personal story because a lot mm-hmm. of even coming up with a business idea can be drawn from that. But I think mm-hmm. that for me really gives kind of some insight into the basics of what their brand could look like if they can't mm-hmm. consciously think of it on the spot. So I'm wondering yes. what your insights are to towards like you being the brand and Mm -hmm. your story coming into a lot of the branding and the feel of it. Yeah, absolutely. I also, like you said, work with a lot of personal brands and I really believe that there's so much power in your personal brand. And so what I would do, you know, if you're just starting out, I would first focus on everything that has happened to you up until where you are. Yeah. Right. And it doesn't have to be everything in your childhood, but in your professional career, let's say, what have all the steps been? And I think people get afraid if it's kind of messy. And I have yet to talk to somebody who doesn't have a messy path. It's messy for all of us. We're all figuring it out. There's nothing to be afraid of or ashamed of if you feel like you are be bopping to every different thing. And so, but start with that, that outline create that story for yourself and then strip away any of the jobs, any of the professions, anything that you did. And just ask yourself, who am I throughout this story? And what do I value? Mm. Right. Am am I constantly seeking fun and excitement? Am I constantly seeking security and safety? Who, you know, what, what is important to me regardless of what I'm doing or who I'm doing it with or who I'm doing it for. Yeah. I think 
allows you to really pull at these kind of common threads and see like, okay, here's who I am at the core. So for me, I mentioned, I've always been creative and I've always been super organized. I remember even as a kid, I would always rearrange my bedroom and line up on the <laughs> row and I would line them up like color coded and hot seasons to cold seasons. Right. And now I feel like what I do is just a much more professional version of yeah. that. Right? People's ideas and I'm lining them up and I'm making them beautiful, but there was something in my past that helped me realize this is what I'm good at. And this is what I'm passionate about. And you take that and you turn it into your business. And then I think the piece that people often miss in creating a personal brand is bring your audience along for the ride. So talk about your story often. Yeah. I, I cringe so hard when I think about my website glow ups that I sold for $250, but I talk about it all the time because it's an important part of my journey and understanding how my work has evolved over the last five years. And so bring your audience along for the ride, show them who you are. And I think you have to also literally show them who you are, show them your face, show them your life. You don't have to tell them every little thing, but give them a sense for what your actual image is. And I think those things alone will really help you in building a personal brand that resonates with people and shows them that they can, they can trust you. Yeah. I love that. I really relate to that actually, because a big part of my brand story is that I quit banking and then mm-hmm. started a business. And sometimes I think, God, am I just be- becoming that cliche you know how people the brand of banking isn't the best (laughs) so sometimes I think oh no I hope like I'm just constantly saying I left banking that people are like oh how many times is she gonna say she was a banker (laughs) (laughs) but it's because the the women who Mm -hmm. will who are in that industry or in similar industries mm-hmm. will take me seriously because of mm-hmm. that. Like whether that's mm-hmm. a good or a bad thing, they will mm-hmm. because they're like, ah, oh, she comes from where I come from. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things that does serve you. You can feel like you're repeating so much, but it's just so important, especially things that are that make you you. And I think what I'm yeah. hearing from what you were saying is that everybody's brand they already kind of have it they've just got to like draw it out of -hmm. themselves they've got to find it but they already have it because a lot of personal brands it is them yeah yeah what I tell my clients all the time there's this great line from Donald Miller and he says it's hard to read the label from inside the bottle Mm. when you are inside your business yeah it's hard for you to see what your unique gifts are what your talents are your personality that you bring to things and so I think that's one of the reasons it's so helpful to work with somebody objective who can read the label and say hey did you realize that you have got this great tough love attitude or you're really nurturing and let's bring that out more but we just get so caught up in our own business and wrapped up in our own minds that it's hard to see. It's hard for me to see. That's why I have, I hire people to help me too. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. And I think it's I get this sometimes with clients and they're like, oh yeah, <laughs> it's just funny. It's yes. funny how they didn't see the amazing transformation they did in their life and how they could build on that. Right. And that's yes. all they constantly talk about. And they're like, oh yeah, that could be my business. <laughs> yes. Well, I was going to say, I really believe that repetition is the key to great brand recognition. And so 
sometimes if you're feeling sick of your brand, if my clients are feeling sick, I'll tell them like, that's good. That means that you're using it effectively because your clients are not sick of it. They're not sick of the stories. They're not sick of seeing your face. They're not sick of seeing what you've created with your business. They want that. Yeah. And, And using it effectively and repeatedly is, is so effective. Yeah, absolutely. So we are kind of coming up to the last 10 minutes. So I normally do a quick fire round as well. But before we kind of close out the conversation on branding, is there anything else that you want to mention or leave the listeners with along the lines of branding? The only thing that I would love to tell you is that sometimes we think that we have to wait to have a successful business before Mm -hmm. we build a brand, like the way that we wait to be confident. And just like I said before, it's actually the other way around you build a brand and then you have a successful business. So I help my clients do that. I have one-on-one services, but I also offer um, just strategic brand consulting or a DIY course. And I'd love to help you. Amazing. Amazing. Okay. On to the quick fire round. So basically I do three quick questions and I ask everybody these. So they're they're, they're really easy. Don't worry. Are you ready? I'm ready. So I think we kind of answered this one already, but the first question is, how did you get your first five sales? Okay, my first five sales, I had been posting on Instagram for a long time, but I posted on my Instagram stories and said, website glow up $250. And I said, I have four spots open each month. And I actually signed my first six or seven clients from that one post. I love that. And did yeah. you get them on a call or did you kind of just send them the link and they just paid in there? I, I did get them on a call. I would do a phone call and kind of talk about what their goals were. And then I would send them um, an invoice to pay. And I think it was after the third, maybe client, I realized, you know, I'm doing the math and I'm like, I'm making like a dollar an hour here. Oh. So it was not the most profitable, but it was huge for me to learn how to sell and yeah. that my work was valuable for people to pay for it. And just getting people on a sales call, you've got all the messaging after that call about their pain points, what they need. Like yep. you can just go so much further the next time you offer it, right? So super yep. valuable. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Okay. The second question is how do you typically overcome fear in business? So, oh, this is a good question. <laughs> how do I overcome fear in business? Well, there's a couple things. One is I t- take a step back from my business. Um, I definitely don't overcome it by scrolling on Instagram Mm. over and over over again. Um, I have to kind of get quiet and look within. And I even wrote today, this will make you laugh. I was writing out some copy for a new email and I wrote, trust yourself. You know what you're doing. Yes. Even though I've done this so many times, I'll often find myself, you know, looking at this template or seeing how this person did it and trying to make it good. And I thought, you know what? I have the words to say. I just need to trust myself that they're going to come out right. Yeah. I love that. Just kind of reminding yourself and coming back, cutting out all of the noise and Mm -hmm. just coming back to you. You have to get quiet. Amazing. And the final question is what sets women apart as leaders? Okay. I have a lot to say about this. (laughs) I think women have an extraordinary ability to be relatable and to make people feel connected and close. I mean, we see this all the time that women are so good at building communities and Mm -hmm. helping people feel seen. And I think this is why 
we have so many influencers and coaches and course creators because women clearly have a natural gift for teaching and sharing and bringing people together. And I see that only as a positive. I think it's something that we can really lean into more. And I think it's really a marketable good that you should be comfortable charging for. If that, Mm. if I could give your listeners one piece of advice, it would be, you know, the things that come naturally to you that feel easy. Those are the things that you should probably charge the most for. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Like we've definitely evolved to have so many amazing skills along those lines. And I I love that about us. I do Um, too. It's amazing. Yeah. Okay, Rebecca. Well, thank you so much for giving your time, sharing your story, sharing your wisdom. Where can the listeners go and find you? Give them all the links and I'll put them in the show notes. Yes. You can find me on Instagram. That's the main place I hang out. It's at Rebecca Peterson studio. And I have a podcast of my own called aesthetically speaking, where I break down the aesthetics of everything and anything. So you can find me there as well. And thank you so much for having me. I hope to talk to you again soon. Yes. Amazing. Thanks, Rebecca. Just a quick pause as I would like you to imagine if you could build a business that allowed you to quit your corporate job, a business where the mission gave you purpose, passion and fulfillment every single day, where the business model is structured intentionally so that you have the freedom to work from anywhere in places like Bali and travel the world whilst earning an unlimited income. You're in luck because applications are open for my 12-week signature business accelerator program, Launch Academy. It's designed to help you launch your own online business and it's the course I wished I had when I left corporate. We'll be covering things like your why, getting to know your values so that the foundations of your business idea are actually able to light you up in life. We'll be going into things like confidence, sales mindset, money mindset, building resilience as an entrepreneur, stepping into that new identity, which really is a complete flip of the one that we have in corporate. We'll also be diving into business models, growing your audience, launch strategy, and so much more so that you'll be able to launch your business by the end of our 90 days together. It's a group container, so you'll be with a group of other high-achieving women all doing the same thing, all ready to support you and cheer you on and even collaborate. So if you dream of starting an online business and quitting your nine-to-five, if you've been inspired by the podcast and you know deep down that you were meant for more, but you're feeling overwhelmed and you don't know where to start, you're struggling with confidence and you're just scared of jumping out of your comfort zone and your corporate identity. Perhaps you have a bit of imposter syndrome and you're just thinking things like, am I wired to be an entrepreneur? I'm here to tell you that yes, you are. I thought all of these things too. And I will support and guide you from concept right the way through to launch along with the other women in Launch Academy. So to apply, tap the link in the show notes and fill out the application form. I personally review every single one and I will respond within 48 hours with the outcome. It's application because I am very protective of the energy inside the container. So if you're accepted, the next step is to make the investment through my secure payment link and your spot is saved to start next month with an incredible group of other female entrepreneurs. Make sure you get your applications in quickly as applications will be closing very soon. So if you want to launch your online business with us in 90 days, tap the application link in the show notes. Back to the episode.